Welcome to the Worship Place podcast. We are thankful we can worship with you and pray this message blesses your day. We look forward to seeing you in person next service. Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit, and he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit, like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth, or any green thing, or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God in their foreheads. And they were, and, and they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, and death will flee from them. The shape of the locust was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns, of something like gold. In the King James, it says, as it were, of gold. And their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like women's hair. And their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions. And there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon. But in Greek, he has the name Apollyon. Well, so we see the consequences of a pit being opened by a fallen angel star, hell on earth. I want to teach from the subject, hell on earth. Let's ask God's blessing. Precious Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for the power of your spirit tonight. We believe and understand that we need to hear a word from God to sustain us in this hour. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Smile at your neighbor since I've read you such an encouraging passage of Scripture. It's going to be either laugh or cry. Now, if you think that I'm going to crack uh, a, a revelatory code and disclose to you what all of this means when it's going to happen and who it's going to happen to, you're going to be uh, sadly disappointed tonight. But as I thought about this verse, and the Lord directed me here, and I 
I thought about how economically God, how economically God runs the universe, how that there's a place for everything and everything has a place. And that the book of Revelation now is 2,000 years old. And if all it was here for was as some kind of a, a, a place where we could exercise our, you know, our mental capacities to try to solve the puzzles, uh, then hundreds of generations would be sadly disappointed. Let me tell you, Yes, the book of Revelation reveals future events. Yes, it has value and it's a, it, it points to the gathering um, consequences of, of the re second return of Jesus Christ and the time of great tribulation, which this is uh, depicting here, among other things. But it is also a glimpse into the spirit realm. I mentioned this, that sometimes I put the book of Revelation on audio and I listen to it. Uh, actually, I know it sounds crazy, but I can go to sleep to it. Same way with the, the writings of the prophets. Because the imagery, there's power in the imagery. There's a certain acclimating to the spirit realm that happens when your imagination is expanded by symbolisms, by four-faced angels by, you know, a scarlet woman riding a beast, by whatever that might be happening there. But many times I just treat it as if I'm given a personal tour of the spirit realm. So is it okay if we go on a little tour of what it is like when hell comes to earth what it is like when a person is being attacked by the demon powers of hell and how to understand what the spirit realm has to reveal to us. So first of all, in verse number one, John said, and I saw a star fallen. Not a star falling, but a fallen star. So number one, I want to bring this to our attention. It matters a great deal how you see the devil. The sin, a life in sin, perhaps sees Satan as a rising star. People that are enamored with becoming rich and famous according to the testimonies of some, that they actually go through satanic rituals in order, to, um, <clears throat> in order to gain the power and the favor of the realm of darkness to help them. They literally take the devil at his word when he says, if you'll fall down, all of the kingdoms of the world will I give to you. And there are people that are more than willing to take him up on that offer. So the first point that I want you to notice is uh, John sees him fallen. Let me say this. Not only should we see him fallen, we should see him defeated. When you see him defeated by Jesus Christ on Calvary, 
when he rose from the dead and nailed all the ordinances and accusations that were against us to his tree and made an open show of his dominance over the powers of Satan. When you see him fallen, you fight from the victory, not just for the victory. So let me read a little piece from the title, and this is, uh, if this offends you, uh, you know, take it up with Newsweek magazine, because that's the title of the article, okay? Here it is. Satan is getting hot as hell in American pop culture. That's the headline of the article. In November 2021, and I quote, Pew Research report that 62% of American adults believe in hell, up from 58% in 2014, and pop culture appears to be taking full advantage of the curiosity that surrounds hell and its inhabitants. I continue to read, not since 1973, when the exorcist was a cultural phenomenon on its way to becoming the first horror film to earn an Oscar nomination for best picture has Satan been such a popular topic? There's even a children's book of demons. To those mothers and dads who have small children in public school, you need to let your voice be heard if they have access to these kinds of reading materials that shouldn't be in the possession of even adults. But among them is a book children's book and, uh, of demons, and here's a quotation from it. Quote, summoning demons has never been so fun. Here's the cat. Here's the thing that really stunned me. A used copy of this controversial book that was published in 2019 sells for $253 on Amazon. It is in such high demand that people will pay 10 or 20 times its original price because they want it. People that see the devil as a rising star wants everything that he has to offer and are willing to pay whatever price is asked. Let me read just another paragraph or so. Humans crave spirituality, says Reverend Martins, who happens to be an exorcist uh, specializing in casting out demons. But a Gallup poll in 2021 noted that for the first time in US history, less than half of all Americans were members of a church, a synagogue, or a mosque. To fill the void, many are embracing, quote, a rejection of received social customs and expected behavioral norms in favor of embracing me first pleasure, pursuing intense feelings and experiences. The adoption of Satan as a figurehead is merely another shock through which the movement has broken through. 
There's even an organization that sponsors after-school Satan clubs. And a rivalry is brewing between two of the most prominent Satanist organizations in the nation. Let's not forget that at the most recent Grammy Awards, singers Sam Smith and Kim Petras performed a hell-themed version of the song, Unholy, with Smith dressed up as a devil and Petrus chained in a cage surrounded by flames, much to the chagrin of many Americans. So, let me say this. The human spirit abhors a vacuum. Atheism has brought us to the threshold of demonism because people must have contact with the spirit realm. And if they don't get it the right way, they're going to seek to fill the spiritual void with things that will do them harm. This is why we need to be, we need to be plugged in. The power needs to be turned on. The message needs to be clear. Availability to God needs to be in every service, hallelujah. We must break through ourselves so that we can be conduits to help others break in to the kingdom of God. Never before has so much depended on the shoulders of Holy Ghost-filled people than is happening right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So how do you see him? Tell you what the book of Revelation does disclose, when we finally do get to look at him, we're not going to be impressed. We're going to say, is this the guy that tormented, that tormented the nations? Is this the guy that caused the havoc and the stress and the pressure and the pain? He's about, going to be about as impressive as the Wizard of Oz when he steps out from behind the curtain. Satan is defeated. Satan is powerless over you. Oh, hallelujah. How do you see him? I see him under my feet. I see him subject to the name of Jesus. I see him driven out of the hearts and minds of people who want to be delivered. Hallelujah. I see him off limits to the worship of the people of God. I see him unable to hinder my daily prayer life. Hallelujah. Praise God. He was given, verse number one, and to him who? The fallen star, who was Satan. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. I also see him as not even having the keys to his own house. <laughs> You know, old Barney Fife, Andy had to keep the bullet so that whenever he needed to shoot, he had to ask for the bullet to be placed in, this, in the cylinder to take the shot. Let me tell you something. Satan is the Barney Fife of the demonic realm. He doesn't even have the key to his own house. He can't get in. He can't unlock the demon horde unless God gives him the key. Hallelujah. You need to see him keyless, clueless, powerless. 
over you. Now, I'm not saying he has no power, but he has no power over you. Praise God. Satan doesn't have the key to the bottomless pit unless God gives it to him. Satan doesn't have the key to attack you unless God allows him. And Satan doesn't have the key to get into you unless you invite him. Now, you can't stop him from attacking you, but you certainly can stop him from infesting into you. He can't just walk in there unless you give him legal right to do so. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm posting a, I'm posting a no trespassing hell, no trespassing sign over my home, my family, my children, the church, every time I pray. So Satan doesn't even ask, what, what am I supposed to do with this? He doesn't have to ask. God knows what he's going to do with it because he's reflexive. He's, uh, he, he, he's, he, 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 is, he's just, he just basically does things by instinct. And his instinct is, you have me a key to the bottomless pit, I'm going to go over there and open it. Don't give the key, don't give the devil the key to any part of your life that you don't want him to open the door and walk in. So he opens the door to the bottomless pit. And then, of course, out from the bottomless pit comes the smoke and the hordes of these locusts, these spirits. These spirits that perhaps, I don't know how long they've been confined there. The Bible speaks of spirits that have been in, con that have been in confinement. But here we are now during the time of great tribulation and we have these hordes uh, of demon forces emerging from, uh, from the pit. Well, let me say, you know, that it says a lot of things. It says it's gonna be bad, amen, in that day. But it also says this to me. The nearer we approach the end, the greater the concentration of demons will become. The Bible says he works overtime because he knows his time is short. So don't be surprised when you come under attack. It's just, we need to find a way to reinterpret the pressure that hell puts us under. We look at it as if God's lost control of the situation, or if God quit caring about us, or God's not defending us. But what if it is we're just getting that much closer to the return of the Lord, and he just wants you to dig in that much deeper, to be that much more prepared? Because you don't want to be of those whose oil is run out at the midnight hour. You need to have more than enough oil to burn, amen, till the sun comes up. We're in the midnight hour, brothers and sisters, but the sun is going to come up. But you need to have enough oil in your lamp to burn through the night, praise God, and to keep the powers of hell at bay and to bring revival to our communities. And so um, he opens the pit. There's smoke, but there's no fire. From the smoke, the locusts come. Hell's afraid of fire, not smoke. They have things that, uh, uh, Fourth of July, smoke bombs. When we were kids, we used to make our own home videos. And when we had a mini bike and a little 
cheesy little camera and smoke bombs, and we'd stage motorcycle crashes, light a smoke bomb, film it, have all the kids acting in parts, and then uh, darken the garage, put up the projector, and charge them 50 cents to come see themselves in the movie. It was fantastic moneymaker. Everybody was a star. Satan's not afraid of smoke, but he can't take the fire of God on God's people. Hallelujah. Notice this, and to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. Now, appearance-wise, things, bugs don't get much scarier looking to me than scorpions. I mean, I mean, they're like, they got the whole thing going on. If they don't get you here, they'll get you here. But the power of the scorpion is in its tail. Many people cannot recognize the devil when he's coming to them or for them. Sin has the appearance to many people that is appealing, uh, entrancing, um, desirable. It is until after he's finished with you. It, you see, the, 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 the sting is in the tail. The sting isn't at the beginning of the experience. Ask Adam and Eve. The fruit that was forbidden perhaps had a great taste and maybe even put a surge of adrenaline through their bodies. But when it was all over, that's when the agony and the regret and the pain, amen, and the guilt and all that went along with it came into play. You, you look, look you need, but we need to be able to detect the enemy when he's approaching and not, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But I want to be able to recognize him when he's coming my way and not have to look back and say, he got me again and I'm feeling the sting from the devil's tail. Come on, somebody. You need to sense the spirit of gossip when it's coming down the track. You know how it feels, huh? What? It usually starts something like this. Hey, we need to pray. What? Well... Somebody's going through something. Who? What? How bad is it? Well, I heard they went somewhere they weren't supposed to go. Where? What'd they do? You couldn't pray then if you wanted to. Your flesh was so alert like a feist dog. You wouldn't be able to calm down enough to pray a prayer. You're into it. Here it comes. And then you get an earful of stuff. Let me say this, if you're not a part of a solution, don't be a part of propagating the problem. Secondly, don't enter into a covenant of secrecy with someone who has something to say damaging about another person, then swear you to secrecy, especially if it's something to do with the credibility of the church. Don't hide, look, look, look we can't hide, amen, fit, we can't hide disgraceful failure, let's put it that way. I don't want to know every mistake you made. 
I don't want to know uh, every little thing. If you've got, if you got in an argument with the next door neighbor, just ask him to forgive you. Get over it, something, whatever. But disgraceful things in the kingdom, in the church, shouldn't be hidden because then it only creates a problem when it comes out. But there are folks that will find something out and then swear you to secrecy, then you're in a covenant of secrecy when some things need to be dealt with. Some of you are so curious now, what is he talking about? What have they done? What are we fixing to find? Nothing, this is just preventative. This is a vaccine. You just got vaccinated. Verse number four, they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing. The devil goes green. Now, I don't want to be misunderstood. We are custodians of creation. We have a responsibility for the planet. But it is not our God, and we are not its saviors. There, uh, let me quote something. I didn't put down where I got this, but I'll, I got it from source unknown at this present moment. There is an array of groups and beliefs that fall under earth religion, such as paganism, which is polytheistic, nature-based religion, animism, which posits that all living entities, plants, animals, and humans possess a spirit, Wicca, which holds the concept of an earth mother goddess, as well as practices ritual magic and oftentimes out in the woods. Druidism, same thing, which equates divinity with the natural world. Notice that these spirits treated the earth favorably. Here's something curious, that many of the, of the satanic uh, um, organizations operate under the banner of a save the planet, a go green kind of a motif. And, and those that claim that they've had encounters with alien entities have been told that these aliens say that you need to do whatever you can do to save the planet. You're looking at me like, what? What's this now? What are these? Do you want to know what I think aliens are for whatever it's worth? I think they're demonic until they proved otherwise. Because one time I had an encounter with something like that in the middle of the night. It was about this big and his head looked like Tweety Bird and it was standing at the foot of my bed. And you know what I did? I said, in Jesus' name, and it disappeared. So when you say in Jesus' name and things disappear, to me, that proves they're from the demonic world and not from the angelic world. But notice they, they have this message of saving the planet as well. And of course, right now, great powers are being exercised over the people to manage them like sheep over this idea of protecting the planet and using it as a substitute for a belief system. Verse number five, and they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. Everybody say five months. Five months. That's the lifespan of a locust. 
How long will the devil torture you? Until the day it dies. Well, of course, it doesn't die. But the locust, in other words, its entire existence was committed to torment. Can I tell you something about the demonic realm? You can't make a deal with a spirit because it's never going to back off until you back it off in the power of the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Because as long as it has an access to your heart or to your mind or to your ear, it's going to try to bring torment to you for its entire existence. Oh, hallelujah. 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 So I want to answer the question, when is the devil going to quit? Only when you become off limits because every time it pressures you, you go back to God. You go back to the name of Jesus. You go back to the blood. You go back to the covenant. You go back to prayer. It's only when they realize that's going to happen that they'll find somebody else to mess with. A scorpion sting is very painful. One of the characteristics, here's, here's uh, something that I read. The first symptoms of a scorpion sting is pain. Unfortunately, the sting itself does not usually produce a local inflammatory reaction, so it's hard to tell what's, what they've been stung by. But typically, within a few minutes, the sting is felt and it progresses to a maximal effect within five hours. Whoa, I've been stung by some stuff. Huh. I've learned don't run a dried lawnmower over a wasp nest in the ground. You get one, they'll give you one mulligan, one. You get one time and they'll see them like that. If you come back around them again, they're coming at you. But five minutes later, it's pretty much unfelt. But here's something that five hours later, the build of pain. The enemy desires to cause us pain. Emotional pain, psychological pain, physical pain, relational pain. I want us to take authority right now. If someone is hurting on the inside, if you're hurting in your heart, you're hurting in the name of Jesus, we come against hurt. In the name of Jesus, we come against pain. Lord, you took our, you took the stripes of our pain upon yourself so that we wouldn't have to endure pain. In the name of Jesus, we come against pain. We come against heartbreak. We come against the tears that cause us to break down and cry when we're all alone. In the name of Jesus, with joy shall we draw waters out of the wells of salvation. In the name of Jesus, Lord, if we've sown in tears, it's time to reap in joy. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you right now for stopping the pain in Jesus' name. So the devil cannot kill you, but he can cause you to want to kill yourself. They were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. The torment was like a sting of a scorpion, and they desired to die. 
people who see Satan as a rising star instead of a fallen star will seek death rather than to seek repentance. Over and over in the book of Revelation, we get the little footnote, and they repented not. Wow. What a difference repentance makes when you're under a demonic attack. Now, you've heard of all kinds of prescriptions. Oh, we got to plead the blood. Oh, we got to rebuke the devil. We have to bind and loose. Yes, all of those things. But when was the last time you thought about repenting? Hallelujah. Repentance is part of the warfare arsenal because the Bible says, and they repented not. There's something about the power of repentance. It can release you from a pig pen. I mean, the prodigal son had hog fever. I mean, the pigs were staring him in the face. He was competing for the food they were eating. But when he came to himself and he began the process of repenting, he said to himself, he hadn't even said it to God yet, but he said, I, 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 the servants at my father's house, they, they have plenty to eat and I'm starving. I know I'm gonna go back home and I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell God I'm sorry. Look at how the power, he's just thinking, he's just rehearsing his prayer of repentance. He hasn't even really done it yet, but he's planning to do it. And he's saying to himself, I'm going to go to God and I'm going to tell him I'm sorry and I'm not worthy. And the next thing you know, he's out of the pig pen and he's on his way home. Hallelujah. You'll be surprised how quick the enemy takes his hands off of you when you begin to formulate a prayer of repentance before the presence of God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And so, and the shape, verse 7, of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns, something like gold. They weren't gold. They were fool's gold. And their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like women's hair. Hmm. Cross-genderism is a tactic of the devil in the last days. Confusion between what is a male and what is a female. Not a popular topic to, to broach, but it's a fact that surrounds us on every hand. College professors have been asked the question, what is a woman? And they couldn't even answer the question. This is how confused the culture is around here. They're so afraid. No. They're so indoctrinated by spirits and they're so worried to be different from the rest of the crowd that they're allowing, amen, their own good sense and good judgment to be invaded by this idea that there's no difference between a male and a female. There is a difference. Women are beautiful, men are not. Well, what more can we say? And I close with this. And they had a king over them. We say it again. And they, these demon regiments have a king over them. 
Have you ever wondered why when you cast devils out that they seem to always give it and you you say, who is it? And it's something like always as well as Jezebel or it's Beelzebub or it's uh, uh, Leviathan or it's Legion. And it's, how come it's never, you know, Joe or Harry? You want to know why? Because they're citing the regimental leadership that they fall under. And they fall under categories. And they're giving you the category, the king of that category. And that's how they operate. Well, what does that tell me? That means this, when you cast out a devil, you're taking on a regiment. Don't ever forget that. You're not just taking on one, you're taking on everything that it can access. But scripture says they get cast one out and it goes back and gets seven more. Well, there's no indication that that would stop the escalation. It's seven orders of magnitude to every one. So you could have a 1,000 or 10,000 on your hands before it's over. You could have a locust swarm. Oh, so thanks for that. That'll be the last time I rebuke the devil. That's not the point that I make here. If the demons answer to their king, we have nothing to worry about as long as we have a king over us. We must have a king over us. And if we have King Jesus over us, when they touch you, they touch him. Praise God. And so I want us to stand and lift up the name of King Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. Lift up the name of king. You have a king. You're not all on your own. You have a king over you. Maybe somebody has been suffering and hurting and oppressed. You can come. Maybe you know somebody that is suffering and oppressed and you want to stand in the gap for them. Alan, I feel like, come on up here. I want to pray with you and agree with you. In the name of Jesus, come on. You have a king. We have a king this isn't a mob. This isn't the mafia. Come on, this is, the, this is a kingdom. And we have a king. Oh, Ramas.